0: everybody and welcome to episode number one of Deeper Underground. My name is Petey Jenkins and joining me in our deep dive of Lucha Libre is my illustrious co-host, Mr. James Wolford. James, how are you?
1: I'm very well. Excited to go down the rabbit hole of Lucha Underground and the crazy, crazy world of Lucha Libre.
0: (laughs) I've been practicing my
1: Mexican accent all week now.
0: Oh good, so we'll upset one course of people straight away. That's the main thing. Excellent. I'm sure we'll go on to upset many more courses of people as we go on through the series.
1: As long as we upset people equally, it doesn't matter.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, just sort of get it out in the open, uh, myself and James are not even close to Lucha Libre experts. Um, We'll go into sort of our wrestling history a little bit. So, James, what sort of, how did you become a wrestling fan
1: My first experience of wrestling uh, was my brother and his friends had some friends around to watch WrestleMania 7 with Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice. Was that 7? I
0: believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was when Hulk Hogan um, was facing Sid Justice, and if he lost, he would be have to force to retire, right? and, and some of the bad guys came down. It was when Papa Shango came down and missed his cue and it all went a bit tits up. <laughs> but the man that came and saved the day was the ultimate warrior racing down the aisle, and he smashed all the bad guys, and the good guys won in the end. And it was just that sort of spectacle of the thing made me go right okay i quite like this but i had a period then where i didn't watch because we didn't have sky and whatnot so i then started watching in the early years of the attitude era watching ahmed johnson i remember him um and various people like that the nation of domination all that kind of stuff watching from there and i watched pretty much regularly since since that point um mainly a wwe guy i've never really watched WCW, or I've watched the occasional bits of ECW, but it's really hard to get into now. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's, some of the stuff hasn't aged well, and I don't really like. Not at all. No, I just I don't really have the time or the inclination. I, I really want to just properly get into watching some WCW, but there's so much good stuff out there now. I had a period where I stopped watching in sort of the two, two, mid 2000s, and then I got stuck on um, somebody lent me a DVD of uh, TNA uh, okay. Unbreak- Unbreakable 2006 with the uh, Triple Threat AJ Styles, uh, Christopher Daniels, and Samojo. Have you ever seen that match? I haven't. No, do you know I? Okay.
0: I see little clips of old TNA. I follow the, whatever it is, GWN or whatever on YouTube now, but no, I'm my TNA. Is very very short limited.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I watched it for a f- few like years when it was still good, but then stopped when it was shit. Um, <laughs> and like, must did many people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, a great job. <laughs> uh, but this match is incredible. So it really got me hooked, and they were doing things that I'd never seen in a WWE ring because we're used to like WWE triple threats, which are basically a series of like one-on-one matches, where one person goes outside and has a snooze whilst the other two fight. Now, this was full-on, three people having a fight for the majority of it, and it was amazing. So that got me back into it, and then I'd say I watched pretty much consistently from then uh, till now, although you might not know that to listen to me because my memory for wrestling is shocking. Um, But I did watch it, honest. (laughs) What about you, Peter?
0: Um, Well, I remember for, I think it was Christmas 1992, so I'd have been seven... Uh, I got given VHS... Do you remember VHS
1: tapes?
0: (laughs) Of course, yeah. I got uh, VHS tapes of Royal Rumble 92, SummerSlam 92, and WrestleMania 3 and 5. So, I watched them, loved them as a kid. I remember watching Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and I was like, holy shit, this is is my jam right here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I don't really remember watching all else. I distinctly remember, because it cropped up on Facebook earlier, um, the Papa Shango Ultimate Warrior angle. Do you remember oh, that? No,
1: I, I, I It was probably in the period where I didn't get a chance to watch it really. But yeah, I think I, it was I've around sort it...
0: of mid '93 that was. I'm probably wrong on that, but around I've that sort it, of period. I've seen
1: it retrospectively.
0: Yeah, so I remember watching that. I remember, I remember watching WrestleMania Nine. God love it, it tried. It. <laughs> I went back a few months ago and rewatched it, and that. Yeah, I don't know how that got me into wrestling, but it did. <laughs> And then it oh,
1: works, works, doesn't
0: it? Well, exactly. And then I sort of fell off a cliff there. I think probably for the same reason. Like, I don't know whether it was just a case of we didn't have Sky after that. I remember watching Crush versus Macho Man in a false count anywhere match at WrestleMania 10.
1: Oh. But
0: I don't remember any other match. And there's a couple what? of great matches on that WrestleMania. What
1: other matches do you need? I mean, a Crush match, man. I mean, that's enough to get anyone in. <laughs> It was a great finish as well. I,
0: I think I love the ingenuity of it because, as I recall rightly, Macho Man tied Crush upside down in some form of apparatus, and he couldn't get back to the ring or something like that of in my head, and he won. Amazing. And that I was done then until probably early to mid-1999 is when I got back into it after that. Right. Watched for a few years, fell back out of it about 2003, um, I moved, I didn't have Sky, and that was it, I just forgot about it, I was I was 18, wrestling wasn't for me then. And what got me back into it was that famous CM Punk Piperom promo, uh-huh. that sort of period, going up to Money in the Bank 2011,
1: I think it was. It's funny how much of an impact that had, I mean, <clears throat> it was an iconic moment, but you know, so many people have said that got me back in that got me back into that moment because it just felt real didn't it it was amazing
0: oh absolutely and yeah i've been in it ever since so yeah as i said we're not lucha libre sort of we don't have the knowledge of lucha libre i
1: mean i i in terms of styles of wrestling i like um i like some flippy stuff i do like the you know the the lucha style you know the high flying stuff that's what i associate with lucha libre i know it sort of encompasses all sorts of different styles it's a bit like when you talk about Japanese strong style, it's not just kicks and, and smacks and forearms, it's submissions as well. Yeah. So, but literally is was, was more what I could associate with the high-flying side of things. And I used to love like Rey Mysterio and he used to jump out through the stage and it was amazing. That was oh, mind
0: an amazing entrance. Oh, me.
1: yeah, it was. I mean, I mean it, it ruined
0: his knees. But yeah, it
1: you know. was <laughs> just about to say that. <laughs> Hindsight, that's maybe not the greatest idea, but there you go. Um, but, no, so that's that's sort of what I associate. But I do like... I mean, I like all sides of wrestling, to be honest. I mean, I like the technical style, British strong style that they've got now. Pete Dunne is my favourite at the moment. Ah, oh, I, Pete I think Dunne he's just...
0: is my all and everything. He is fantastic. Have you seen, um, I'm assuming you have, uh, the UK takeover? Yes. That final match, good Lord.
1: I got to say, though, I was a bit bored for the beginning bit. I you know, just didn't really do it. I mean, it picked up. Obviously, it picked yeah. up. Yeah, it, it was... It was yeah. It was
0: about five, ten minutes too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but, yes, no, I like that. and uh, But I also like the character-based stuff. So uh, another one of my favourites at the moment is uh, Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. I absolutely. mean, Alistair Black is just the coolest motherfucker. I mean, he just is. <laughs> he just, I absolutely love him. Um, and Velveteen Dream, just because he has that presence, that X-Factor. So, absolutely. I mean, I pretty much like all sorts of stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Lucha Underground has, has in store for us and, and, and see where what styles it can bring and broaden, like, different varieties. Because, like, you know, the best best wrestling shows are wrestling shows that have a bit of variety. That's why people talk about WrestleMania 17 as being the best one, because it has all sorts of different stuff going on. It has technical wrestling. It has high-flying, crazy wrestling. It has, you know, everything going on in the, in the same show. You know, we want the variety. So let's see what happens.
0: Yes, well, so the second bit of information to lead with is I, I have been a Lucha Underground fan for probably since about the beginning. Um, but,
1: James, you haven't, have you? No, I, I've, I've given it a try. So, there'll be some things here and there where I'll go, Oh, yeah, I, I think I remember that. But, uh, no, I never really got properly into it. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I ever really watched a full episode. I've heard lots of people talk about it, but no, it I just never, I don't know, it's never fitted on my radar. It's, it's prioritizing half the time, isn't it? You know, working out what you're going to watch and what you're not going to watch.
0: There has been a lot of product over the last sort of. Four or five years, so yeah, it is hard for everything. And
1: but no, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm coming into this with completely fresh eyes, Uh and uh, let's see. You know, let's see what we're see. That's absolutely. a stupid. I... That's a stupid ass expression, guys. That, <laughs> that is awful. It's almost as bad as saying it. It is what it is. You know, I hate that. Well, it is what it is. What it is. Oh. Absolutely.
0: On that beautiful segue, let's head into episode one. We start off with uh, an intro video. We see a masked fella just. He's kicking ass, like generally kicking ass outside some form of building. Yeah. Um, he just he lays waste to a couple of guys and he gets invited inside the temple.
1: Well, let see. Now I've got a question about this. Straight okay. off the bat, right? So we start with a guy getting his ass kicked, oh. and then he gets helped by um, a masked luchador, right? Mm-hmm. And then the luchador goes up to him and says, "I want you to come to the temple. Why? He's just got his ass kicked." <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's not the one that you want. Anyway, I've this this green is, is a guy in green into the Lucha Diva, yeah? Yes. Green mask and all that stuff. Now, I know you've got kids. Have you seen PJ Masks?
0: I have not. I am vaguely aware of it. My kids are a little right. bit older for that, but I'm aware of the concept. You're a
1: lucky bastard. <laughs> um, so, uh, there is I a guy. A
0: handy money. I'm good.
1: There is a guy called Gecko in it. I'm just okay, sending yeah. you a picture on Facebook of Gecko, and this guy looks like Gecko. Uh, that's my first thought. Initially, I thought maybe Green Power Ranger, but no, he definitely looks like Gecko. <laughs> um, yes. I'll, I'll stick that on the uh, I'll <laughs> stick that on our Twitter page a bit later on. There, uh, we'll plug that at the end of the show. But yeah, no, that is he, basically he was saved by Gecko.
0: Yes, he was.
1: Uh, and then asked to go to the temple and told all about the Lucha Libre history. But go. on.
0: Indeed, we see a brief intro into. The history of Lucha Libre and how it's about the seven tribes and the warriors that built the Aztec Empire and the legacy they left behind. Uh, they show us a, a quick montage of what I am assuming uh, future Lucha Underground matches, and we are welcomed into the temple by Melissa. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and an absolutely shite band playing generic shite music. But yeah,
0: I don't want to give anything away, but get used to it.
1: Oh, okay. That's something to look forward to then.
0: Um, so we get introduced to the announced team of Matt Stryker and Vampiro. Won't go too deep into it, but what are your thoughts on this little announced team?
1: Well, I mean, I know Matt Stryker gets a lot of shit um, sometimes, rightly so, for being a bit of a, a smart mark, you know, and he talks a lot about the history of various bits and pieces. I know that didn't do him any favours when he was in WWE. I don't particularly have any problems with him. Um, Vampiro, that's... Uh, I mean, again, I didn't watch any WCW, so I haven't had a lot of exposure to Vampiro. Um, I did watch the clip of their recent uh, AAA um, <laughs> experience show. It's been from it. us, is the word. Yeah, that was a right old mess, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that it's either just as bad or better. I don't know. It's either going to go one the the But no, I, I don't have any problems with them. I mean, Vampiro is is you know, familiar with that style of heritage, and Matt Stryker has that kind of background knowledge. So, so yeah, they, they, were, they were OK, but we'll talk about them as we go along. So there's a few bits and pieces here and there, but no, I thought they were decent.
0: Next up, we see the owner and promoter of Lucha Underground, Mr. Dario Cueto.
1: Yeah, and... we, we saw him earlier on, because in the part of that um, montage earlier on, he was shown at AAA in 2014 announcing oh, that's right. Lucha yes. Underground, Yeah, uh, and he signed somebody with a big old bag of money and uh, was being booed out of the building for trying to pinch people from AAA to Lucha Underground. Yes, well,
0: he was was taking the beloved Lucha Doors off to dirty old America.
1: Yeah, so I thought that was quite interesting, the way that it's a bit of cross-promotion straight away.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if I remember rightly, I'm pretty sure Lucha Underground was sort of, when it started, it had a lot of sort of AAA support um, going into it. So, but yeah, it's nice to see that sort of little crossover.
1: Yeah, um, talking about the commentators though, Vampiro uh, refers to Dario Cueto, he's a sly dog he's not Mexican, he's Spanish so he's not from round here, so people don't like him a little <laughs> bit racist there Vampiro a little bit a, a little, little bit, tiny bit <laughs> so
0: yeah, Dario offers a sign in bonus of $100,000 for the most impressive luchador this episode So a nice little sweetener
1: Yep, my money goes to Blue Demon. We'll come to that.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we head into match one, which is Blue Demon Jr. versus Chavo Jr.
1: Ooh, Chavo.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad it wasn't just me that was thinking that.
1: <laughs> yeah, good old Kerwin White.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's not a long match. Rocking in at about five minutes. Um, not really a lot to say about this match. I think this sort of match was going towards the most sort of classic Lucha Libre style as opposed to the more modern style um, one spot I did want to mention is uh, Blue Demon Jr possibly nearly breaking his neck on a bit of a head scissors <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see a man of his age, even if he is you know, one of the greatest Lucha Dolls in history, I don't want to see a man of his age attempting a head scissors
1: Okay, so I've got quite a few things to say about this match Firstly, firstly it was crap it was um,
0: awful. <laughs> it's not what you'd want to go with for your lead off match for a new promotion.
1: This is exactly my point. So, I think I messaged you something along the lines of saying, well, this is, this is how it starts. <laughs> you know, so yes. it, the whole show's is all about this is different, Lucha Libre, really exciting, you know, all these high flying maneuvers and whatever. And you start with two old guys doing rest holes. <sighs> and at one point, right, at one point, Bloomy Demons in the ring, Chavez on the outside, and he looks like he's winding up for something. Match striker says, watch out for some high flying action. And he hits a baseball slide. I mean, <laughs> that, God, it that's was bad.
0: Famous high fly move of a, a running baseball slide.
1: And then Blue Demon goes to the top rope, wobbles quite a lot, and then falls off. I mean, hits nothing. He just falls yeah, off.
0: And I think it was Max Riker said, Oh, is this Blue Demon Jr. going for his big move? And he did a forward roll off the turnbuckle.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. And then Blue Demon won with a submission move, and the submission move looked worse than the rock sharpshooter. I mean it looked terrible. It, it looked was, like...
0: Yeah. It was like a sort of half sharpshooter, half rings of satin, but,
1: but n- neither, neither things... looked
0: particularly strong.
1: No, and it looked like Chavo just basically tapped out through boredom.
0: Yeah, and then sort of I think it was um I think it was Vampiro said, Oh Chavo, you know, his family won't forgive him for tapping out to that. I thought, well neither would I.
1: No, no, I'd be disowning him. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna rate individual matches or whatever, but I I just wrote a note of here saying one star.
0: I was gonna go with a good Dave Meltzer dud.
1: Yeah, well, no, I think that would also be fair. <laughs> it, it just, I just, I just couldn't get over this is how you're gonna launch. So you know, he's, the always expression is you know get a second chance to make a first impression, right? So you're hitting these people with all these things that this is brand new and really exciting, and and this like if you're giving it, if you're. Tuning in for the first time and going, I'll give this show ten minutes. You won't stick around after that bollocks.
0: No, I mean I can I can see where they came from with it. I mean Blue Demon Junior, like like I said, my knowledge of Lucha Libre is massive, but Blue Demon Junior is one of the biggest Lucha dolls in the last sort of thirty years. And charvo has got all this history, you know, being part of the Guerrero family. So I get where they were coming from from like a historical point of view.
1: But I have no idea who Blue Demon Jr. is. I mean, I, I say I have no no knowledge oh, no. of Lucha Libre, not a clue. And they didn't do anything. Like, I mean, I know, obviously, we can't really compare it to WWE. It's different. But if it was something like WWE, then I've had a video package saying, this is the guy that's been, you know, 20-year veteran or whatever, whatever. You didn't get any of that. You just got, he's a big, fat, old guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, like, an intro video would have been a lot handier than here he is. And yep. that's sort of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as, as, we, as we'll see going forward, there were plenty of video packages for this episode, so... Yeah. Another two-minute one I don't think would have done any harm. No. So anyway, after the match, we go back and we see Conan up in uh, Dario Cueto's office. Uh, Dario announces that he's signed the world's biggest free agent, Johnny Mundo, but he's done it to make an example out of him. Uh, Conan says he's got a local guy who is the best in the world, and if he can beat Mundo... He can win the hundred thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, no, that was it. Was a cool little segment, I, and I mean, I'm going to talk about this a few times through the show. I, I kind of it was. It just felt so different from any other wrestling show, because this was like a scene from an '80s, '90s uh, '80s stroke, '90s like action film. Um, you know, the way it was shot was just completely different, and it just felt like. I mean, all right, it was a bit cheesy. Let's be honest, but it, it felt different, and I like that. I, you know,
0: absolutely, it wasn't like sort of. Uh... A random camera guy walking around, and oh look, here's a wrestler. Let's video him as he walks forward. But it was, it had a purpose. It was in a purposeful venue, and yeah, it was filmed differently. It was filmed like you say, as, it's, as if it's from a movie or a TV series, and it it just felt a lot lot different from the sort of product we were seeing back in 2014, and indeed still today.
1: Well, that's what got me into watching TNA when I first watched it. Like when I was, in, you know, I mentioned earlier on about the the Unbreakable their pay-per-view, they had the six-sided ring. And straight away, you're going, this is different. They had guys that i had never seen doing things, and you're going, this is different. And, you know, that's what you want. I mean, if everybody, if you just, all you're interested in wrestling is watching WWE-style programming, watch WWE. They're the best at it. Like, for all the shit people give them, and, and you know, rightly so sometimes with the decisions they make, Absolutely. they're the best at what they do. That's yes. why they're still there. They're the best at what they do. If you're wanting for something different, if you're looking for an alternative, then it needs to be something that looks and feels and is different. Otherwise, what's the yeah. point?
0: I mean, I think, like I said, I don't really know a lot about TNA, but I think when it started to lose its appeal is when it sort of, it's like they got rid of the six-sided ring and they, just, yeah. they started sort of going back into being wwe light. And like you said, uh, you're not yeah, going to beat WWE at being WWE.
1: No, 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 no. Despite what I mean, it was all Hogan and Bishop's idea, you know. Get, let's get back to the four-sided ring and all that stuff. And it's like, no, no, let's 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 stick to the things that make us different, you know. Yeah. That, that's that's what you've got to do. That's, you know, we have got all elite wrestling coming some stage possibly this year, and and they're different. They feel different. They look different. They they have a different attitude, different swag about them. Yeah. And and that's what's going to. There's no point in them trying to the be WWE. Like, just, yeah. you know, that's not what people want. If people want that, that's where they'll go. So I'd give them credit for trying something different.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's, it, like, it's a, it was a very sort of, it, like I say, it's a very different product to anything else we saw. And, yeah, fair play to them for having the, having the balls to go for it. Next up, we see uh, an intro video for Prince Puma. Uh, it tells us all about Prince Puma's character and explains the importance of uh, masks for luchidals. Um, I love this video.
1: Yeah.
0: It's Agreed. It's, it's what we should have had, like we said, maybe what we should have had for Blue Demon Jr. Tells us who this new guy is. I mean, we know who he is maybe now going forward. I'm not going to say who he actually is for people who haven't sussed it out, but it's a brand new character. He's in a mask. He looks cool. Without this video, we know nothing about him, but we get, like, his heritage, why he's fighting, why he's wearing a mask, why Luchador's wear a mask. And I think for a product... Aimed sort of at an American audience that probably hasn't got any knowledge of Lucha Libre. I thought this was a great sort of introductory video as to why masks just a, a small part of the Lucha Libre culture.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And he looked like an absolute star. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bang on about Blue Demon for, for long. <laughs> you know, I was talking about him quite a bit, but it, it makes you realize. Prince Puma is going to be the star of the show going forward. I mean, I don't know, like yeah, obviously I've never seen it, but I bet we don't see much Blue Demon be- for beyond this first episode. Um, but Prince Puma, he's going to be the one that you got to watch. You know, yes, he's, he's you young, he's, he's upcoming, he's exciting. You can just tell that from the video package, the way they're talking about him, the way he's presented himself. Um, and yeah, when they when they announced Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma, I was like, yes, this is this is what you need to to get people. Interested in, in, in what's going on, you know
0: So after the intro video for Prince Puma We get to see our second match of the night Which is Son of Havoc Versus Sexy Star um, An intergender match I will will table that discussion for two minutes um, <laughs> We get another introduction video This time for Sexy Star um, Again, same, along a similar vein As uh, the Prince Puma video Tells us about her character Basically tells us she's a strong, independent woman And yeah, she fights blokes
1: yeah, I, I love the video because it, it you know, it did a, again a good job of explaining the character. As soon as I saw it was Sexy Star, though, my mind did go back to fairly recently when she uh, tried to break Rosemary's arm once she was in TNA and a uh, triple AAA, yes. uh, and hasn't got a very good reputation, shall we say? Uh, no, but I'm going to part. I'm going to part that because you know that's in the future. The way we're watching it now. Yes. Um, I have never really watched much uh, intergender matches, you know, mainly WWE guys as I say. Yeah. Um, I'm short of China versus Jeff Jarrett, um, and people like that. They don't really do intergender stuff.
0: No. Um
1: so this was really my first experience. I, I love the message of sexy stars, you know, uh female empowerment, you know, being really tough and willing to take on anybody and fight men and all that stuff. I really I really like that. That's great. Um, but it 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 didn't really pan out for in the match.
0: It it did not, no, and so, so yeah. The the match lasts like two minutes. Um, sexy star gets a little bit of offense in, but son of havoc sort of dispatches her pretty quickly. To be fair, he does it. Was it a backbreaker? The match finished with.
1: Oh yeah, I think so. Not
0: not your standard finishing move. Let's be honest, but. This sort of segues into like the quick little chat I want to have. Like, what are you? And you say you haven't really seen a lot of it, but what are your thoughts on intergender matches? Uh,
1: hmm. I think it's difficult to say because I haven't had a lot of exposure to it. Now, um, I think it it can work if it's booked right, if it's booked correctly. I think my problem with this match was it didn't feel like it was. So you had this setup of, uh, you know, I'm this strong, independent woman, I can take people on. And she basically got battered the vast majority of the match. Hit a couple of moves here and there, but there were more moves out of luck than anything else. Yeah. You know, more like her dodging somebody else and having, like, superior skills or anything. Um And, and she, just, she just got battered and lost. And, I mean, all right, they're probably setting up for somewhere down the line where eventually she'll win, and, and I get that. But, you know, I, I think if it was me, I'd have put her in... You know, maybe they want to protect Son of Havoc. Maybe Son of Havoc's going to have a bigger biggest role going forward. But I'd have had her in against somebody that they didn't care about, somebody they didn't have to protect, some, some jobber that, that was decent but could be. Because yeah. to me, as soon as you're saying, oh, this is a strong, independent woman who can, who can beat people up and she gets her ass kicked, you've lost your momentum straight away.
0: Absolutely. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so when it comes to intergender gender matches, I'm of a similar sort of vein as you. I mean, if it's booked right, it can be done really well. I mean, case in point is, like, the Ronda Rousey-Triple H sort of mixed tag match at the last WrestleMania. Like, I've got no problem in believing that Ronda Rousey can judo flip the shit out of Triple H at who will. Yeah. And that's fine. That is, like, that's that's believable for me, but... Oh, I'm going to risk upsetting women. I'm not like anti women or anything like that. But I like when it comes to sort of suspending disbelief, I don't believe that a woman of sexy star size can do damage to a bloke of someone of Havoc size because they're similar size. And obviously, you know, men have got like bigger muscle density and all of that business. And it, it, these like this sort of match, it just it doesn't work for me. I mean, outside of it not being booked properly, because like you said, this wasn't. You can't, you can't go into it with like a woman saying, "Yeah, I'm this, you know, I'm all powerful, independent. I can, I'll take on all comers, and then squash her in two minutes because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're sort of doing away with it." But when it's done properly, it, it, it can be done properly.
1: I think it can work in a similar way that, you know, coming up at Royal Rumble, we've got Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Um, and because, uh, you know, and I, I'm saying this before we've watched Royal Rumble, for those that are listening, and uh, maybe after that, and he's inevitably got squashed and killed. Um, but there's a chance that he could do it because he's a skillful performer. So if you're going for someone that's smaller than a bigger guy, they've got to be able to be more skillful or more technically superior or yeah. better high-flyer. They have to have the edge in some department. If that's yeah. not going to be physique, it's got to be in skill or it's got to be in athleticism. Absolutely, yeah. To, to book it as a straight, you know... Then it then you can dispense, suspend your disbelief. And I think that's really what we're all trying to do as wrestling fans. We want to Absolutely. have something that is believable. That's why yeah. I like that's why I like the technical stuff of, of Pete Dunne and and the, the strong style kicking of someone like, you know, Alistair Black, because it looks like when they hit you or when they hit you in a in a painful move or when Pete Dunne's bending your fingers backwards, it looks like it bloody hurts. Yeah. Um Absolutely. and that's kind of what you want. But it doesn't look like it hurts when sexy stars doing anything to to sort of have it because a he's not selling it, um yeah. and and b she didn't she just didn't get anything in, I I'm all in favour of if if I, when I see a good intergender match I will quite happily say that was a good intergender match, um 100%. this was not one, um and they've got to yeah. be much they've got to be much cleverer with what they're doing if they're going to book it because if all it's going to be is like five minutes of one guy kicking their ass and the woman gets lucky. That's not in the gender. That's that's, no, a, that's a fluke. That's, yes, that, that's not equality. That's saying, oh well, women can be lucky sometimes. You know, anyone can be lucky sometimes, but that's not being equal. So, so we'll see. We'll see how we get on. You know, as I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be more in the gender stuff as we go on. And and I'll you know I'll judge it in exactly the same way as I judge other matches. This would have been exactly the same thing if. Uh, sexy style was a bloke and they, they'd done a, a big uh, intro vac- package of him saying about what a good guy he was and how he was sticking up for the rights of X, Y and Z or whatever and then he got squashed, I'd have exactly the same problems with it, it's regardless of the fact that she's a woman, but you have to be even smarter to book a woman in this situation because you already are facing years and years and years of people being brainwashed by the WWE that women can't do anything yeah. You know, and you've already got to overcome that. And that means you've got to be extra, specially smart um, and clever with the way you booked it. And this was really stupid. Yes,
0: agreed. Um, so after that match, uh, we go backstage and again we see Dario Cueto, this time with Charvo Jr. Uh, Dario tells Charvo his family would be ashamed of him for tapping out. Uh, and he says, as Charvo couldn't finish the job, he'll get someone else in. And, quote, a thousand deaths could be coming for us all,
1: yeah, now, I actually have a feeling I know who this is from from seeing you know clips and stuff like that, but I'm not going to say anything just in case I'm right. My but, lips are sealed <laughs> as the actress said to the bishop um, <laughs> <laughs> um no uh so it was it was you know it was great though because I mean it almost then made sense, you know, the first match. Um, and he's absolutely right to go to Chavo and say, what was that? That was bollocks. He gave up really easily. Um, that's not what we expected. I, I kind of feel sorry for Chavo because, I mean, in real life, he's always had the struggle of living up to the other members of his family's esteem, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh. But, you know, if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. I mean, Chavo's great, but this match, that match, as we said already, was absolutely shite, so I don't blame him for saying... What you're doing, and and hopefully it has an effect of firing up Chavo, and we we next time we see Chavo in the ring, he is um, affected by the loss and affected by the speech.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like like I said, I've like I like these backstage segments, but this one this one was effective for me because it's all sort of, like you say, it gives something for sort of for, uh, for Chavo to fire back on. It's like, yeah, I need to, I've got this strong family name, and I've just let everybody down. I need to show these guys what I can actually do. Yeah, I need to get the respect back for the Guerrero name. So, yeah, I thought this was a, a, another good little segment backstage.
1: Yeah, yeah I like it. I love, yeah, absolutely.
0: On from there, we have our main event, Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma. Um, Johnny Mundo, of course, on of uh, John Morrison fame. Um, there's something I just want to sort of double-check. Uh, James, you were probably a bigger fan around this sort of time than I was. Uh, I think it was Matt Striker said that Johnny Mundo hasn't been in a wrestling ring for three years.
1: Now, I think there's probably some truth in that, because he left WWE in sort of... It might have been about three years prior to this, uh, and he tried to get a career in the films, uh, being an action star and whatever. But, I mean, let's face it, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, John Morrison, Johnny whatever you want to call him... He's charismatic, but he's not a great talker. So, yep. the acting thing never really took off for him. So, I I don't I haven't fact checked that, but when he said it, I thought yeah, it probably is. I mean, he may have done like independent stuff off screen, but this is certainly the first time in three years that he will have been wrestling on a TV show. Probably. So whether he was wrestling in the in the in in the Indies or whatever. I mean, by the looks of how good he was in the ring in this in this show, I would imagine he's been wrestling. Like that's what I was going to go on pieces, to, is, yeah. is,
0: If this is the first time he's wrestled in three years, he has not lost a step, which is impressive.
1: Yeah, he must have. He must have been wrestling on the Indies. I mean, I don't. I don't know that to, to you know, hundred percent back that up. But he must have been doing the odd gig here and there.
0: If not, like I said, it was. It was a fantastic match. It really was. I, yeah. I, I, I'm looking at my notes for the match, and it literally says Johnny Mundo wins with Fiendamundo after 12 minutes. And that's well, it. Used it, was, it used
1: to be the, um, what do you call it? The... the Starship Pain? Starship Pain, that was it. What a shite name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Starship Pain. Um, I, actually, I'm not a big fan of that move, but we'll come to it. Um, yeah, no, similarly, I have really no notes for this match because I was too busy watching it. Amazing, yeah. amazing match. Um watching Johnny Mundo do all his incredible stuff and his parkour background because they obviously did this bit where they, they went outside the ring and he was leaping off stuff, leaping off the announce table, all that kind of thing. Yeah. It was amazing. And then watching Prince Punda ricochet all over the ring um was was a real treat, you know, and, and and the way he bounced up and flipped all over the place he's just incredible. And this is what I expected from Lucha Libre. This is what I wanted from Lucha Underground. And I know you can't always get everything in the variety, and I've said that already, but to me, if you'd have had a five-minute version of something like this to start the show off, then you'd have got off on a much better footing. But I, I can't say enough good things about this match. It was, it was fantastic, and uh, they both... I, I thought initially that Prince Puma was going to be a heel. Um, because he was okay. with Conan, and, you know... Um, a
0: clear, a, a surefire sign someone's going to be a heel is he's associated with Conan.
1: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, but also, like, you know, even in the pro- promo package, it was all about, you know, this rough kid from the streets and stuff like that, and I, I, I felt he was going to have a bit of a heel character, but actually they both wrestled as faces and they had this sort of mutual respect atmosphere. Um, and, and, yeah, it was great. Really love this match.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it was it was a fantastic match. It was a great way to showcase both wrestlers in this. It's obvious that Mundo and Prince Puma were going to be the sort of the flag the, the flag bearers of Lucha Underground sort of going forward. Yeah. It was it was just a fantastic match.
1: Well, I have to say, Starship Pain or whatever they called it in in this installation, I I couldn't remember. Um, what did you say it was called?
0: It was El fin de Mundo, the end of the world.
1: El de Mundo. That, 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 that sounds much better than Starship Pain. So much better. I, I'm not a fan of it because, to me, going back to this whole suspension of disbelief, I like moves that look painful. Um, and it's, it just doesn't have a lot of impact. It's damn impressive to look at, but to me it's more of a signature rather than a finisher. Like, it's somebody yeah, to bust no, out in a, in a match. It's not something to finish a match because it doesn't have... Like it has no more impact than a um, superfly splash from the top rope, you know, just just falling on a guy essentially, because because when he when he actually starts his downward descent, he's about about sort of he's sort half, second he's,
0: rope up. Yeah, I was gonna say he's about halfway from the top of the post. I mean, to compare it to sort of similar moves, like the way Mundo lands on an opponent is very similar to a Swanton bomb. But when Jeff Hardy does a Swanton bomb, he's coming at you from sort of ten feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mundo's coming at this guy from six at best, but like we say, close to the four. And yeah, it's not it's not the most impactful looking move. I mean, no, the I, athleticism I, of it. I mean, to be able to—I couldn't tell you which way he flips and turns and all that. But it, that side of it looks fantastic. But yeah, as an impactful move, not I, so much.
1: I guess you, you'd learn, liken it to the split-legged moonsault that RVD used to use, but it's got a corkscrew yeah. element to it as well. So it's just like split-legged corkscrew, or if you want to call it like that. Yeah. But but I mean. So I I, lo- I love Lucha Libre. I love the high flying style of stuff you know all, all for that, but again, if it's just flips with no impact, yeah, you're all right. you know if I wanna, if all I want to watch is gymnastics, I watch gymnastics, but I want to watch something with a gymnastic acrobatic element that, that looks like it hurts and has, has that element to it um, so I'm not a big huge fan of the finisher. That, is, that being said, that is my only negative um and you know the rest of the thing was outstanding.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, at the end of the match, uh, both guys get up, sort of shake hands, and like you say, they have a, a bit of a mutual respect thing going on. And Dario comes out of his office, sporting his beautiful-looking briefcase with the hundred thousand dollars in it, and he goes to give it to Mundo for winning the match, and he takes it back away very quickly.
1: Swerve, bro.
0: Swerve, bro. Indeed. Next thing we see is three rather hard-looking guys coming down and basically beating the piss out of Mundo and Prince Puma. Um, they lay uh, Mundo and Puma out, and Dario Cueto says, they work for me as we go off the air. A big swerve at the end.
1: Yes, uh, they got their three-minute warning. Um... <laughs> As an I old school, as an old school reference there for you, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, again, you know, tune in next week. Um, I, you know, you got to finish with a cliffhanger. Uh, absolutely made sense. Um, I have no idea who the three of those people are. They, they mean nothing to me at all. I guess we'll find out more uh, as we go along. Uh, my only criticism with this is that Conan escaped. Um, <laughs> Surely, surely one of them could have grabbed Coran and smacked him in the face or something. Just come on! <laughs> um, and uh, no, but you know, yeah. Tune in tomorrow. It it made sense. You know, he Dario Cueto is being portrayed as as the villain, the bad guy, the heel authority figure because we've never had enough of them in wrestling. Um, and uh, it made sense that he's not going to give it to the super face guy you know he's going to swerve him and, and not give him the money um and we'll wait and see what happens i'm assuming these are these three guys are not the ones that he talked about bringing in um when he was talking about bringing somebody in uh, uh, he was not no he's no, not no, the
0: three gentlemen question
1: no no that's what I, that's what i figured um so yeah no absolutely all in let's uh, let's see what this yeah, goes I thought, was
0: a, I thought it was a good way to end it like there's been there's been no heel characters in the in the show at all really, apart from sort of son of havoc, but it's sort of obvious that from this first episode he's not going to be in like sort of the, the top class of uh the luchadors. And it, yeah, it brings someone for the two faces to go up against and yeah, it portrays uh, Dario Quater as the, the evil slime ball promoter as opposed to the I'm gonna give you lots of money promoter. Uh one yeah. thing one thing that did make me laugh is um it was vampiro uh, made a great line somewhere about how he's what not the first promoter he's seen not pay one of the boys
1: yeah no no i caught that i caught that that was that was a good line i'm going to try and make more of an effort next time to write down the bits that the commentator said because there were a few gems here and there um, but uh, yeah no that was that was a good line
0: so that wraps the show up um overall thoughts of the show james
1: uh very intrigued to continue. It definitely, uh, as I say, we, we loved the, the fact that it was different. It felt different, had a different vibe. Um, and they are establishing characters. So, you know, it's a bit like Raw in the Attitude Era. The matches don't really matter too much, but, you know, it's all about the angles and the storylines, which, you know, when you're setting up a company, it makes sense because at the end of the day, as much as we as wrestling fans might like the athletic style and the belt-to-belt stuff, really it's all about the characters, isn't it? um that that helps to make people over so you've got to set things up and they did a really good job of setting setting things up far from a perfect show um but it did enough to make me go this is going to be good because at least this is different um and I, i'm i'm very much interested in 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 where we go from here you know seeing what happens with the the three guys and the mystery gentleman that comes in and uh yeah all the things that's going on and uh it's a strong start but not Stupid decisions, but it's an early company, it's a new company, they're, they're going to get mistakes. And I'm not, trying not to be too harsh on them and shitting on them all over the place, but, you know,
0: yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good first episode. I think the overall sort of story of the show was, like, the Blue Demon Jr. vs. match, like, this is what Lucha used to be, and then they finish it with uh, Johnny Mundo and Prince Puma saying, this is what we do. Yeah. I thought that was maybe the sort of theme of where they were going with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they had a great showcase match to highlight what seemed to be their two biggest talents going forward. Set like set characters up with the son of Havoc, sexy star, and um, the Prince Puma videos. So yeah, a, a good first show, really yeah. good first show. Set the hook for a couple of things, and yeah, we'll see where they go next week. Absolutely. Let's go out of five. Rating out, out of, of five. five for you, James.
1: See, this it's a really really hard show to rate because if. I was rating it on the first sort of half. I mean, it's going to be like a two because there were so many stupid things with the sexy star and the blue demon shellboat stuff. However, that last match was so brilliant. Um, I think I'm going to go three and a half, though.
0: It's like you read my mind, James. I'm also going to go three and a half. Hey, Um, that's getting
1: off to a good start.
0: (laughs) We're in sync already. First episode (laughs) in. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, no, like you say, The first half was a bit of a slow burner. It uh, wasn't fantastic, not a great hook, but that last match really pulled it back out of the bag. And yeah, just a, a good, a solid three and a half to get us started. Absolutely. That's the first episode in another way, James. If people would like to contact you over social media, how can they do that?
1: So, uh, we are on Twitter, we are on Twitter at at PodDeeper, Deeper Deeper Underground Pod, on Twitter at PodDeeper, so you can follow us on there, and let us know if you're listening, and if you're going to start watching along, we'd like to hear uh, people listening along, starting the journey with us, if you've had any experience of Lucha Libre, or Lucha Underground before, one thing I would ask though, um, is obviously trying to avoid spoilers, because I am coming to this fresh, so if you start going, oh there's a really good bit in season 3 where X, Y and Z happens, you'll get blocked. Um, so we're trying, to, we're trying to keep this uh, as fresh uh, for me as possible, so we can get genuine uh, imp- uh, reactions. Uh, so yeah, followers at Pod Deeper. We're going to have a Facebook page as well. Um, so if you just search for us on Facebook at Deeper Underground, we'll be on Facebook. Uh, we're not going to be on Instagram because both of us agree that Instagram is the dire shite. Um, so we are. <laughs> <sighs> um, so we're not, we're not going to be doing uh, Instagram, but, you know, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and we're on uh, Twitter individually as well, so you can find us all on there.
0: So thank you for joining us on our first episode, our first dive into our Lucha Libre library.
1: And obviously, as it is the first one and we're launching this brand new, what we could say to you is, anybody who's listening to this, if you enjoy what we're doing, please do give us a like and a review on iTunes uh, and give us a share. Tell your friends. Get them all on board. Give us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a share. And then we can spread the word uh, and we can try and reach as many people with the magic A Deeper Underground. I haven't done my Mexican accent the whole episode. I've been practicing this now. <laughs> uh...
0: That's disappointing. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yes, hey, there's plenty of time for that. Where we'll we're going,
0: eh? uh, you're, you're like a, you like It's a very similar accent to one, one of our, one of our friends does on a different podcasting channel.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, sir. shout out sure. to Eddie uh, Joby.
0: Excellent. There he is. The new music guest. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. I've been Peter Jenkins. My co-host has been James Wolford, and we will see you next time.
1: Take care. Good night.
0: Goodbye. Ooh, time.